You're listening to episode number 35 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. Today, we're talking a little bit of finance with a finance expert. Are you ready to learn? Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach, talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now, your host, Jason Lavoy. All right, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. That is, that's why you're here. So here we are, episode number 35. We are in the midst of the uh, 2019 holiday season. I hope you're shopping is going well so far, if that's what you're doing. Um, if you are in the middle of a divorce, I hope the drama is being kept to a minimum so far and you got through the Thanksgiving holiday unscathed. Um, we're approaching uh, go time with you know Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, and any other holidays you may be celebrating out there. So... If you've been listening to me, listening to me at all, uh, and you know my feelings on divorce and the holidays, then uh, you know what you need to do. So today's guest, Brittany Wells. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Um, before she was a financial expert, Brittany worked as a broker, marketing director uh, for Sotheby's International Realty, and. Uh, she did luxury real estate, and I talked with her a little bit about that, especially watching that new the show uh, Millionaire's Listings. We kid around about that for a second. But Brittany is professionally known for her tenacity, dedication, and ability to solve problems that inherently come with the business. Her passion for people shines through her work, and she provides unparalleled hands-on client service going beyond the transaction, cultivating profound relationships with everyone she works with. She's recognized as a creative mind, never short on abstract ideas and brainstorming, and she says helping people uh, get to that next chapter in their lives financially is a practice that feeds her need to cater to people and meet their financial goals. So let's stop with the introduction and get right to it. Let me introduce to you Brittany Wells. Brittany, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Hi, Jason. Thank you for having me. So, uh, it's kind of, uh, it's funny how they always th say things happen in, I think it's threes, they, that's the phrase, but they, um, all of a sudden I've been talking to a, a, a bunch of financial people and, uh, but you are the first one uh, that's going to be published. So yay for you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very lucky. Published on my podcast, I mean. Um, so let's get right into it. Um, you're out in Washington, is that right? Yes, Seattle. Seattle. And um, for those who don't know you, uh, give us a little bit of your background and how you ended up uh, where you are today. Sure. Yeah. Um, I am a financial planner uh, and partner with Evergreen Wealth Managers and principal financial planner of We Rise Financial. Uh, which is a financial planning service uh, for women um, who want to be, and I help them empower them to be the CEO of their families. Um, and I'll touch into that. I'm sure we'll touch on kind of the benefits and services that uh, financial planners can uh, provide 
for people going through divorce and as we get into that. But um, I came from a background of uh, luxury real estate, actually. I was a real estate broker for uh, Sotheby's uh, in two different states for about five years. And I learned a lot and worked with a lot of people who had kind of complex uh, financial situations, um, people who, I mean, we're dealing with uh, high-end uh, properties that uh, require not standard uh, methods of uh, marketing and all sorts of stuff, and it's a whole other uh, animal. And it, it was great, and I, I was able to kind of, um, I was an advisor of sorts um, in that capacity, and as uh, I was reaching year five or so into that, I got a little restless with it. Um, I didn't know that, I didn't believe that that's kind of the direction I wanted to stay in um, long-term. And my um, father, um, who, uh, who I'm a partner with at Evergreen Wealth Managers, has his a practice and we decided to um, join forces. And we have a, a family practice that we've been working together for about four years and it's been fantastic. Oh, that's great. You don't kill each other? No, no, not usually. <laughs> <laughs> I we love that. The same taste in bad dad, dad jokes. Oh, good. Yeah. As long as you share the same, right. Whether it's good or bad, as long as you share it, that's good. <laughs> now, how a real estate um, broker, is that different than a real estate agent? Uh, no, it's pretty much the same. In different states, they um, have different uh, names for them based on in licensing just but it's largely the same in terms of the roles have you have you ever watched millionaire uh listings yes yes i have. do you like that <laughs> uh yes i try and uh ration my amount of kind of like um not trash television but like what do you call it like shame <laughs> secret shame television all those reality shows you gotta you gotta put a limit on them somewhere but yes i do love that show you know, that's one of my favorite ones too. It's not like Survivor. I mean, I think that's like a, a legit show. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. That and uh, it's so interesting how you made the switch from uh, real estate into finance. Like, how did how did that? I mean, they don't necessarily. I mean, there's finance involved in real estate, but how did you how did you make that switch? It's uh, it's actually not that dissimilar. I mean, we're helping give advice to you know, the most important asset of most people's lives, which is their real estate. It's how they gain it's most of their wealth by age 40 is people who have owned property. Um, and it can be a very useful building block in a person's portfolio. And so, you know, the skills I would use as a real estate agent or broker, whatever you want to call it, um, dovetail quite nicely with financial planning, except in, you know, giving advice on one specific asset type and giving advice on, the whole pie and not just your real estate, but you know how your real estate affects your future in addition to your retirement accounts, investment accounts, and if you're exposed in any one area and kind of giving mapping out a process to uh, you know provide like long term financial success for yourself. Yeah, that's a great point that what you're doing now and talking about the whole pie, uh, real estate is just a slice of that pie, right? Exactly. And um, so let's talk about the rest of the pie. <laughs> I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting hungry all of a sudden. Um, what, are, what would be the other slices of the pie that you help people with? Uh, well, 
primarily I help manage different kinds of accounts and we structure it in a way of like the kind of advice I'm giving. Um, I, you know, help ma manage people's investment portfolios and strategize the best type of accounts in which to hold those investments. Uh, depending on your age, you know, if you're a millennial and younger, you're in the wealth building phase where you're just setting aside money, hopefully in your retirement account or just general savings and trying to get some sort of nest egg to buy real estate as one of those pieces of pie. But um, later in life, you know, you'll, you'll, I help manage uh, people's retirement accounts as they become uh, more like numbers of significance and make sure that you're on track for you know, your 10, 15 year retirement plan, if you're doing the right things, if you're funding enough, um, if it's invested in a way that's complementary to your goals and time horizon. Also, uh, people who have uh, just tremendous savings abilities, or they sold a business and have, you know, these big lump sums of money, there's strategies we deploy to mitigate taxes. Um, so kind of, you know, looking at all that from uh, with a long range lens and mapping out, you know, your strategy for the future. And that's largely what I do. And, and then when you're in retirement phase, we help kind of um, set a plan in place of your sources of income and where, which pieces of the pie to pull from first and make sure you're not spending too much. It's helpful with knowing when exactly the day you're going to die. Cause then I'll tell you, you know, Right. <laughs> we can have you spend your last dollar on your last day. I'm right. But I, I always wondered, like, do you, you know, you ask people, if you could know, would you want to know the exact day you're going to die? And I think I, I think I would want to know. <laughs> it's like a plan. I want to know if I had a long time. If I didn't have a long time, I feel like I'd just be stressed out about it. Well, right. But then you would just have to expedite everything. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, if we if we had that crystal ball, but that's part of what I think uh, the importance of a financial a financial professional is is to because we don't know right how long our money is going to last or how long we're going to live. More importantly, you have to plan for kind of multiple scenarios so you you have enough resources to last you if you live longer than you think you want. You might, yeah, and um, or or your spouse, it, women statistically live longer than men. And uh, my grandma is actually a perfect example of that she's outlived two of her husbands and you know, she wasn't married to both of them at the same time. <laughs> uh, we don't judge here. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap. I just outed my grandma. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but I mean like there's financial implications to that and to make sure that, you know, she was set up to not be living underneath a bridge, you know, she, there's things, she had to have in place to um, provide for herself. And those are all things we, we help with. Now, do you work, Brittany, with people going through a divorce, uh, like during the process at all? Yes. Um, more, most commonly, if, if, if people, if they are existing clients and they're starting the process, they've had the conversation, they'll, we'll, we'll, they'll consult with me to kind of get their ducks in a row and, and help understand what questions to ask and what's all on the table or likely to be on the table for um, division and the implications of that. Um, the most, and then I, and then I speak to that and give them some advice and collaborate with their attorneys, if not 
um, connect them with good attorneys. Um, but the most work I, I help I do and the most actionable things we do is after the fact, um, what to do with the assets one has after dividing those pro- the property and all that, or if they inherited it or were um, recipient of a quadro, there's all sorts of things that I help them understand if they don't have a good understanding of it. Yeah, actually, since you just mentioned it, let's spend a minute talking about that because I don't think a lot of people know what that what that is, a quadro. Um, what what does a quadro stand for? A quadro is a qualified domestic relations order. Uh, it's a document or agreement um, that one is, it, it happens at court where one, uh, usually one uh, spouse who has a substantial retirement uh, through work or just over the years, um, it, you know, your retirement is, as you know, one of many things that can be considered for division um, or during the process. And depending on how your, your guys' attorneys uh, split the things and, and whatnot, the court can grant uh, the r- other spouse um, a portion or half of the other spouse's retirement funds. Right. And the quadro is the document that the financial institution, whether let's just say it's Vanguard for now, uh, you would give that quadro document to Vanguard that gives them permission to separate the accounts, correct? Yes. Right. Um, And uh, yeah, that's a big part of uh, most divorces. Um, And the quadros, when I, as an attorney, I used to hate dealing with the quadros because I'm not, I'm not a finance guy. Um, so what we would do is we would have our clients actually use a third party company who just does quadros uh, to prepare it. And then we would review it to make sure it, you know, was done correctly. Um, and then, you know, but we wouldn't actually like draft it up. Do you draft up the quadros yourself? No, I, I don't usually. Um, I usually see them at the just tail end and whoever, the attorneys in our experience usually have them and we just use them as that document that'll help uh, expedite that process. Okay. Um, awesome. So let's talk because retirement, I think is one of the, probably the one of the, the biggest issues in a divorce when you're talking about division of assets uh, is especially if you've been married, you have a couple that's married, you know, 20 plus years, they're uh, a little bit older, closer to retirement or, or nearing uh, retirement age. Um, You know, the retirement accounts and and assets can be substantial. So Mm -hmm. that's usually one of the biggest slices of the pie. How do you, what tips uh, do you have for people who are, you know, either newly divorced or uh, finishing up their divorce as, as far as what to do with their share of the retirement? Yeah. So uh, one of the first things uh, we do is we take a look at what, how it's going to be divided, what that number is. And we reverse engineer their retirement age with the funds that they now have. And if it's going to, and we figure out if it's going to be enough. We uh, provide some illustrations, and if we're off track, and oftentimes it you you do get um, you take a little slight step back. Um, 
and it's just all part of the process, but you have to make up for it in other ways. And there's other kind of housekeeping things in order, like you want to change your beneficiaries. Well, right. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing's more embarrassing than after a divorce. And if you were to pass on timely and you (laughs) counsel to your ex wife or husband, I hate you, but here's my money. Yeah. Yeah. And the stranger things have happened. Yeah. Um, Right. (laughs) But yeah, so helping so making sure that you have enough um, after, after the fact, also the way that the retirement accounts were set up and the investments inside them, that they might've been appropriate for one spouse, but they may not be appropriate um, for the other uh, in terms of risk tolerance or their time horizon. If there's a, um, more significant difference in age or earning years. Now, Brittany, are your clients mostly women? I think you said, right? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do in your experience, um, let's say working with people who are divorced or, or getting divorced, are the women when they get their share of the retirement, um, are they, like how knowledgeable are they as far as what, you know, investments were in that account or, you know, what they want to do and and understanding what even they can do with them in your experience. Like how are they coming to you? Like totally, I know nothing or are they coming to you with, I I know what, you know, stocks they were investing in and, and are really knowledgeable. Um, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. There's a, I'd say a little over half of them. Um, they knew of the account, they knew approximately the size of the other spouse's retirement account, but they didn't know, uh, much of what was in it or kind of what the numbers were specifically. And that's not even just retirement accounts, but you'd be surprised how many, um, couples don't, can't speak to the others, you know, financial particulars. Um, some of them had an idea of how much the other spouse made, but they don't really know. Um, they, they largely kept their, if they keep their finances separate, which is pretty common and can be a good thing. Um, but part of that prepping for divorce process is airing out everything out in the open and getting doc, like getting documentation of everything. So you're not, um, blindsided, or at least you need, you have all the information to negotiate and um, understand the, like the best decisions moving forward. So um, part of that discovery for my clients is asking a lot of kind of hard questions that they've never really asked before. Like, do you have joint checking accounts? Do you have separate accounts? How much are in those accounts? Do you have, how much does he have in his retirement account? How, what is his, like, what are all the beneficiaries? And so a lot of them don't have those questions. They don't feel comfortable asking and it all comes out. Um, and you, you know, from personal experience, I'm sure that, uh, everything's on the table and hiding assets is the first and easiest thing you can do to, uh, screw your <laughs> negotiation up. Yeah, absolutely. And I always tell people like my ideal client is somebody who is thinking about getting divorced. Maybe they've made the decision in their mind that that's what they want to do. Uh, but they haven't officially started the process yet with, uh, uh, the court system. Um, and you know, time is on their side at that point and preparing, like you just said, is probably in my opinion, the most important part of it all, because if you don't know all this information and are kind of in the dark, 
um, you can start, you know, and I, and I say do it carefully, but trying to, you know, put on your little investigator hat, get documents together, find out what are the accounts and what are the, you know, what is the pie that will be divided during the divorce. But in, you, you want to know all this information or as much as you can ahead of time mm-hmm. so you, you know what you're, you're dealing with. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Do you find that um, the women that you are working with, are they usually, you know, the income producing spouse or the, like the main one, or is it usually, you know, you got two people working uh, or are they more of a, like I was the mom, stay at home mom. And, you know, he handled all the finances. Um, I have worked with the, the latter example that you've said where it was more of a, um, old school or traditional way of, you know, the one bread breadwinner and, you know, the, the wife, uh, is basically working from home and being a homekeeper. But, uh, the majority of my clients who are going through divorce and I help them through that process are in two income earning households. Uh, so they both make approximately the same. And it's about, you know, just kind of coming up with a fair resolution and, um, you know, spelling out every, each person's assets and, you know, the best way to um, split that up or not. And, you know, valuing those assets um, is a big important, is an important part too. Right. And, and I can't help but, I mean, from my experience as an attorney, um, what would happen oftentimes is, you know, when you're getting divorced, you're, you're going from one unit to two, right? And then, so one marital home, you know, main marital home, uh, and now you both have to have your own places to live. You're splitting accounts. Uh, so for example, like the retirement accounts, um, let's just say for our discussion, you know, it's going to get split 50, 50. Uh, but when they find out what their 50% share is, I think you said this before, it's like taking a step back and it's like, whoa, like all of a sudden that's not nearly enough, uh, you know, to get me through retirement. So do you find that uh, one of the real fears? Yeah. And and it's, it's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow and, you know, um, divorce is never pleasant or it's, you know, (laughs) I don't think anyone goes into it with a positive attitude for the most part, but the money, I mean, uh, creates a lot of problems for people. And when it's coming down to what people perceive to be fair, I mean, I've seen, and I know from personal experience too, directly and indirectly, that your rational side of you that exists kind of goes out the window, especially when dollars are involved and you're trying to get what's quote unquote fair. And people will rack up thousands upon thousands of dollars in attorney's fees trying to, right. you know, minimize how much they give the other or you know whoever whatever side you're on and it ends up like netting out to be the same just for trying to debate your side or protect it and um that's one thing i help point out too with my clients is we we talk about a budget you know we get i I ask them kind of a general understanding of what uh the kind of relationship they have if it's like hopefully a bit amicable if it's how complex of, you know, the assets we're dealing with. And then I work and collaborate with their attorneys 
to be like, okay, look, this is what we're trying to accomplish. This is kind of a number we have in mind all in, like budgeting for attorney's fees. If we can get X, Y, and Z done, can we like reverse engineer this? Otherwise we're going to have to, we're going to be compromising on the long, the impact of our, you know, the assets afterwards. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up because I used to see that all the time when I was representing people, uh, you know, in their divorces and especially if children and custody were involved, I mean, Mm -hmm. people would be spending, you know, what was earmarked for their children's educations, um, in litigation costs fighting over, you know, the overnights, uh, per month, uh, or, you know, some other issue that, you know, and, and just thousands and sometimes tens of thousands of dollars on custody evaluations and, uh, forensic experts and, and, and just different things in it. And that's what actually was the catalyst for driving me out of in quitting being a divorce attorney, <clears throat> excuse me, was, you know, kind of being part of that. And then I couldn't stand it. But it was so sad, you know, that you work so hard to amass, you know, some, uh, you know, equity and assets. And then it just all goes down the tube because you are, like you said, defending yourself. You feel like you have to defend yourself and, and you, you need, whether it's a judge or somebody else to, to, to give you the affirmation that you are right, but at what cost? Yeah. And that. <laughs> It's, it's insane. Like I, I have a client that I'm working with right now and he, he makes a very good, a very good living for himself. His wife stopped working about 15 years ago and they, he, his attorney is almost $400 an hour and they're, they're, you know, they're fighting over a $2,000 couch or, you know, like splitting furniture and just silly stuff. And the hours that are getting racked up to do, you know, negotiate things that are just, you know, at the end of the day, just, you know, nickeling, diming. Right. Who cares? Who cares? You know? And so I'm not an attorney. I can't weigh in on those things, but what I do is I just, from a, out, you know, the, per, the, what do you call it? The peripheral view. I let them know. I'm like, Hey, remember our budget? This isn't an item in which to double down. Right. Spending $8,000 to argue over a $2,000 couch doesn't make financial sense. <laughs> yeah, just from a dollars and cents point of view, that's my take. <laughs> right. And, and you don't need a, fi- a financial professional to tell you that, but yet here we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's so, it's, and, and we laugh about it, uh, but it, it's not funny when it's happening to you and, and you're seeing it to others, um, but it's so easy to get just that tunnel vision, uh, and, and bogged down, but that's why it's so important to have the right divorce team helping you, I think. Right. Um, and a financial professional like yourself, um, is one of the more common pieces of that divorce team. And, um, I always tell people like, you know, you gotta surround yourself with the right people. It might be an extra cost up, you know, up front, but it could save you thousands of dollars later on. And, um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. And I think now that I'm thinking about it, I'd say maybe a little less than half of my clients or like existing clients are the ones that, you know, approach me about divorce and wanting to talk about it. It's actually ones who their part, they they had a, a, a family financial planner that had a relationship with the other spouse and going through this divorce process it's like scorched earth 
or they perceive talking to that financial planner to be scorched earth or like they, they don't feel like they, they have their side. So they reach out to their own financial professional in addition to an attorney. And I think that's important. And I, I, I don't, you know, it, financial planners, especially if they're fiduciaries, um, you know, have a responsibility to do what's in the best interest of their clients. But um, it, the financial, having a financial professional and a legal professional as part of your team going through the process, um, although it may seem expensive because you have two professionals working for you, they'll save you more money in the end uh, than if you just try and go about it yourself. Right, right. I, and I, I couldn't agree with that more. Um, now, you just brought up an interesting point that I want to talk about for a second. Um, and we have a couple, couple more minutes, so we can do it. You mentioned the word fiduciary, and then you mentioned we were talking about, you know, like family financial planners. And so what, what happens? Because I can imagine this is a more common scenario than um, uncommon where a family has, you know, you would have one professional, like you have one accountant, you would have one financial planner, right? Um, when you're married. So let's say, and, and just for, you know, discussion purposes here, let's say the husband was the daily contact for the financial planner and they had a, a friendly relationship and they, they're the ones who talk. The wife never really talked to the financial planner because she didn't have to. Um, then the divorce happens, everything hits the fan. And I think in the scenario you were talking about, the wife is hesitant uh, to talk to the family financial planner because she feels that he is too chummy with her ex. Mm-hmm. H- how is that a real world concern? And how does that, how is that supposed to play out in your, in your opinion? Yeah. Um, and it's a very fine line we walk uh, And I'll give you a perfect example. So, uh, one family, uh, I represented, uh, the husband was our client, um, and the wife was a beneficiary and she participated in a lot of the conversations, but we didn't actually have any accounts with her name on them. She was part of the conversation. It was a family, like we all, we discussed everything together. Um, but when they went to go split up and divorce, um, we, we actually can't take, you know, directions from her or if she, if she's wanting information and of documents and everything like that, we can't release that directly to her because technically at that point he is our client and she is a beneficiary. Um, and so we, we, we don't, you know, we, we have to wear, you know, uh, our, you know, white hats and just, and just be like, we want to share this with you. If you have your attorney, if you guys can both get in writing, that, you know, we have permission to share this with both of you. That'd be great. Um, or in another scenario, uh, the, the both are our clients. We have accounts with both of their names on them. It is truly a family um, portfolio in which we're all managing. In that case, I mean, we, we just have to be super crystal clear. We can't, you know, hide anything from anyone. We can't make any changes to any of the accounts without having complete um, and transparency among everyone involved. Right. Right. Um, yeah. It, it, it gets sticky. Yeah. And, and it, it's, 
it, it, it's kind of easy for me because if you, in the sense of ethically, you know, just what inherently is the right thing to do, you know, I mean, to be as clear and communicative as you can um, without, you know, clearly choosing, I mean, you're, I mean, your, your, your obligation is to your client, but you, no one wants to screw anyone over, at least in my world, like in that regard. So it's just about, it's not, it's not a, a, a web we want to get tangled in. No, no, I, absolutely. Just the opposite. But what would happen? And I'm just thinking I'm putting on my, my bad man hat here. <laughs> like, what would, what would happen if, you know, since you work with women, we'll, we'll, we'll use that scenario where um, you're the family financial planner. Uh, and then you're not, you're not even privy to the fact that there's about to be a divorce. It hasn't started yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's say your client uh, or you speak with mom uh, or mom, I'm, the wife, um, as your daily contact, the husband's not really involved, but you're the family financial planner. And the wife is calling up and saying, okay, I want to make, you know, X, Y, and Z changes. I want to, you know, move some money around, open up a different account. Would you, would you do that just on her uh, request? Or do you need both signatures? Like, how do you, how does one spouse protect themselves from, you know, kind of, uh, the other spouse doing things they're not supposed to be doing? Well, I think the way it, it happens is just the initial relationship. If the, if that, if my family, if my relationship with the family is that there is two um, decision makers and they make things jointly um, in that scenario, I wouldn't unilaterally be able to make X, Y, and Z changes um, without also getting consent from the other spouse. And if they were like, and if they insisted, they're like, no, 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 he said, it's fine. I just want to, you know, completely empty my account and put it into my checking, just my checking. I'd be, that would send off the flags. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and so it, it, we just have to, you know, th- these are the things, these flags that we have to watch and listen for. Um, but it's all about how you structure it on the front end. Um, in the opposite end of the example, if it's a family and again, like she is my only client, it's just a, um, a kindness or a courtesy that he was included in the conversations and he's a beneficiary of the accounts, perhaps my obligation is just to her. Right. And so I, I would follow those directions, um, you know, as she would give them. But if they, if they were setting up those flags, that would prompt me to ask deeper questions and, perhaps direct her to talk to a divorce attorney first before she moves things around. Right. Right. <laughs> good, good advice. Um, awesome. Brittany, this was, uh, this was really helpful and, and a wealth of information. Thank you so much. Um, I could talk to you for another hour. I'll have to have you on again to do so, <laughs> but, but let, let's leave it with this one. Like do what, if anything, you, you know, tips or advice do you have for people just generally whether you're getting divorced or not about, you know, you know, using and planning for your planning with your money and your resources and, um, you know, making sure that you are not caught by surprise when you, when you hit retirement, like what general advice do you have for everybody? 
my general advice is just to talk to a financial planner. The statistics show, I mean, like 70% of Americans um, manage their own money and investments. They don't, they don't hire a professional and because they think, you know, it's just, they're taking a haircut and they can do it better than for themselves. Or we used to call them FISBOs in uh, real estate for sale by owners. And um, yeah, that's right. I was like, I just heard that term. (laughs) And, uh, you know, if you have a sophisticated understanding of finances, that's great, but you can get so much great advice, not even just from an investment point of view, but ways to save money on taxes and all sorts of stuff by talking to somebody who knows and un- understands the internal workings and dynamics of, you know, big picture stuff. It's not just, you know, being a stock jockey. There's so talking to professionals, um, it will save you and earn you great money if you just, you know, ask good questions and do your due diligence to understand what your assets are and ask specifically, what am I not seeing? What are my blind spots? And a good fiduciary financial planner will tell you. Right. We we can't all be experts in everything. Um, And, and I think that gets overlooked and underappreciated all too often. So um, especially in this whole do-it-yourself kind of world we live in where you know people want to try to do as much as they can themselves, which is great, but um, you can't be experts in everything. So um, that's where people like you and I come into play. And Brittany, do you work with people all over the country, can you, or is it a, you have to be licensed in certain states? Uh, yeah, I can work with people all over the country. Uh, I believe I'm licensed in seven states right now. And the process essentially is I can have a, conver- a conversation with you, understand, you know, ask good questions, basically a preliminary interview. And then if we decide to proceed forward um, before I can give any advice, I just, you know, get, get licensed, which is just paying a fee to a state, essentially. Right. <laughs> right. Talk about getting a haircut. The, the, they, the states never forget theirs. <laughs> <laughs> Pay a fee and then I can work with you. Or awesome. <laughs> so it's not, it's not a problem. It's basically what you're saying. Um, and that's great. Tell everybody where they can find you. You can find uh, me on uh, WeRiseFinancial.com or EvergreenPlanning.com. You can uh, uh, reach me by phone as well, uh, 425-205-5194. Oh, is that your direct dial? That's my business line. Okay. <laughs> you want to be careful <laughs> with that one. <laughs> um, and all that information will be in the, the show notes if you're listening in the show notes on my website, jasonlavoy.com, not iTunes or anything like that. Uh, so go to the uh, my website, show notes, and all that information will be there. Uh, Brittany, again, thank you so much, um, and uh, you were really helpful. Oh, thank you so much. And as an um, added bonus, I can give you uh, my post-divorce action item list um, as a download, perhaps. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Happy I love year. little bonuses. <laughs> and, and so that will be um how do people get that will there be a link you give me i can post yeah yeah i can just give it um yeah i can give you the link or the document and you could have people download it directly yeah whatever whatever works for you so that'll be the show notes too everybody make sure you download your uh your divorce bonus and Brittany, thank you again so much yeah thank you so much jason All right. Thank you, Brittany, for another excellent conversation regarding 
finance and divorce. Now, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, then hopefully you've checked out episode number 13, where I talk about creating your trifecta of awesomeness and surrounding yourself with the right professionals and the right team to get you through the divorce and set you up for a excellent, happy, and peaceful post-divorce life. So important, I can't overstress it enough. So a finance professional like Brittany is essential, is so important. I always encourage people to try to get one on their team uh, if it's possible. Now, listen, you don't have to tell me about tight resources and you know there's only so much to go around. Maybe you can't do it. That's why a finance professional is not one of the uh, you know, top three people that I include on your divorce team. Those are, as you already probably know, an attorney, uh, a therapist, and a coach. However, sometimes you need that financial uh, expertise, especially if you're not really, you know, in the know financially and it's overwhelming to you and you just know nothing about it. So then it's even more important. So Brittany, somebody like Brittany would be perfect to help you Uh, understand your options and, you know, put you in the best place to utilize whatever resources you may have coming out of the divorce. All right. Again, here we are, holiday season. So if you're listening to this during the holiday season, uh, then I hope you have a happy, healthy one. And uh, don't shop too much now. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Shop all you want if you can. Now, if you need or would like some divorce coaching with me, just contact me. You can email me, jason at jasonlavoy.com. Check out my coaching programs through Divorce You at my website, jasonlavoy.com. I'm also going to be uh, launching a How to Get Divorced a Narcissist Boot Camp, which is going to be a group coaching program. Otherwise, you can get one on one coaching with me if that's something that you prefer. And uh, the help is here if you want it at a fraction of what retaining an attorney costs. And if you have an attorney, the benefit of coaching with me is that I keep your attorney bill down in between big ticket items like hearings, motions, and things like that. So let me know if you're interested in any help. Otherwise, wait until the next episode of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast coming out real soon. In the meantime, all I'm going to ask you to do is be strong, act confident, and stay positive. I'm Jason Lavoy, a.k.a. the Divorce Resource Guy, and I'll be seeing you real soon.